Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Call That Girl Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 79. If you want to check out past shows and notes, you can go to callthatgirl.biz slash office365. There's a listing of all the past shows there. You can also check out my YouTube channel where new shows are going to be posted when they're done at uh, youtube.com slash callthatgirl. So this week we're going to jump right into some tips about Outlook 2016, things I do to optimize it for clients, some troubleshooting tips. Um, 2016 is now the only download available for the Office 365 subscriptions. They've removed the 2013 download. But if you're like other technicians, you've kept a copy of the 2013 just in case you need it. But the copy I have is only for the home version, of course, not for the business premium. So unfortunately, I'm trying to get copies of those. So if you need anything, try to reach out to me if you need that. But first thing I want to tell you folks about 2016 is that it is kind of like a um, upgrade from 2013. There's not many differences in the functionality of it. Still works the same. There's a few more bells and whistles, but there's a lot of snags still with it because they've changed it a bit. And these snags are, you know, what used to work was downgrading to 13 is what I would call a quick fix. But now, you know, I might not be able to do that for every client. So now I have to learn to fix it in a different way or um, work with Microsoft, which is one of the stories I'm going to tell you today. Another technician is doing, and that is a brutal job that girl's working on. Let me tell you that. But first let's start with some optimizing tips. Okay. So if you're not exactly sure if you're working on 2016 or 13, the first thing you can do is look at the top of your outlook. And if there's a light bulb that asks you to ask me anything or something like that, that is 2016 for sure has a light bulb. 2013 does not have that. Now, the one thing I've noticed is that, um, I figured out what I call an optimizing that a lot of people need to do when they first get outlook set up. And um, maybe I'll open up my outlook here and I'll walk you guys through it so you can learn is here's a few things I do that makes outlook just a little bit happier is you go to your file in outlook, then go down to options. Okay. Then the first thing I do is start with the trust center and I go to trust center settings that make sure that the pictures are turned on. Most people want pictures these days. They want to see the pictures and they don't know how to do that. So I do that first. That's just like a nice thing. Then I go to cancel and I go to the add-ins. Now I disable every single add-in that I know the client does not need. And I try to figure it out by looking at what they have in, in their outlook already. If you go down to manage com add-ins and hit go, there's a big list of stuff that outlook sets by default. And if they have exchange, you can keep that one checked, but make sure everything else is turned off. Team viewer is a big one to turn off because it uh, has snagged up Outlook more times than I can count and you don't need it in Outlook. I don't even know why the add-on's even there. It's kind of silly because you don't need it for it, but make sure everything's turned off. Um, if they use iCloud, make sure that's checked. If they use like part of their Outlook GoToMeeting or the Adobe products, you know, always ask the client, are you using those products in Outlook? And if they say no, turn it off because any add-on can cause Outlook to malfunction. Okay, so after the pictures, after the com add-ins, then I go back to file, options, and in the advanced area, I scroll down and I check the box to disable hardware graphics acceleration. The reason for that is, is because you don't need it in Outlook and that can cause you a lot of problems either way, so I always disable it. It won't hurt Outlook. 
And then at the very bottom, I uncheck use animations when expanding conversations and groups. That animations button tends to have little black blips in Outlook, like when you're changing folders, it might black out and people don't like it. So I just disable it just to make sure that ain't gonna happen. Now, many times when people call me and they're like, I just have a lot of little weird issues with it, like snagging up and stuff like that. I do that optimizing right there and I tell clients, let's see how it works. Because those four things tend to make it just work better. I don't know why, but that's what I do in an optimizing and it takes me literally three minutes or less to do or whatever. That's a tip for you folks if you're an end user or a technician. Now, the issue I had this week that kind of ticked me off is uh, they removed the manual setup in 2016 for Exchange. Now, <laughs> not everybody has Auto Discover perfectly set up, and I take break fix calls, so I don't know what sometimes is going on on the back end. So I can tell you that that really annoys me that they removed that. And I'm like, why would they remove something for no reason to make life hell for somebody else? I mean, it was just stupid to remove that manual <laughs> option. But so anyway, I had a client I had to do a migration for this week. I had the auto discover record set up fine in the DNS settings, but he had an A record that had an auto discover set up. So I had to remove that. And if you are in someone's DNS settings in their control panel and you're removing things like that, make sure you write down what you removed because if something breaks, you have to go put it back. And for the most part, those A records are just, um, oops, those A records, are for the auto discover, they're just, just in there. So you can remove those for the most part. But anyway, I was trying to set up his exchange in, in his Outlook and it would not let me, it kept kicking it back. And the funny thing is it says, click here to try doing it manually. I'm like, you don't allow us to do it manually, dopes. <laughs> so you can hit the next button and it'll say, try to connect it with Office 365, which I think they've got some new bells and whistly, you know, thing to do it, but it still won't let you do it. So that's usually what the snag is for the, um, for, uh, excuse me, when you're trying to set up exchange. And like I said, it bothers me they took it away, but at least I know how to get around it. Now this other gal on Facebook that I'm friends with, she happened to come across an issue where she's got an exchange account and another like mappy type email account. And when they're connected together in one profile, get this, when she tries to do reply all, the email crashes Outlook. And I think I fixed this a long time ago by just having a local PST file in the profile and just made that default. For some reason I fixed it. But I tell you, this gal went through a lot of troubleshooting on her own with Microsoft first level. Then she put it out into a group I'm in. And then a whole bunch of us texts were troubleshooting it with her. I mean, I cannot tell you what we did not do. We did everything in this Facebook chat, right? And then finally, I was like, well, let me help. And let me get in there. And we tried a bunch of things. We still couldn't get it to work at all. So she had a second level discussion with, uh, or excuse me, she had another scheduled call with second level Microsoft. And I said, oh my God, I hope they downgrade him because I want to prove that they know that that is still buggy and they have to downgrade. And I, I'm, I'm going to have to tell you on the next show what the fix was for that. But that's a really strange issue, you know, that you can't do reply all without Outlook crashing. Everything else works fine. You know, the features are there. Everything's working great. But reply all does not 
it just crashes it right away. And um, hours and hours into this job, this poor girl. So anyway, I'm waiting to hear back from her. I'll tell you next show what the fix was there. I keep crossing my fingers as a 2013 download or downgrade. And uh, I just want to see them just for once go, you know what? I guess we're not ready to remove it yet. I guess we can still let you use 2013, but you know, here's what I don't get is when they released 2013, did they stop people from being able to purchase 2010? No. I mean, you could still go out there and buy it on the interwebs, right? So I don't understand why they removed a product that was pretty stable for people and technicians to now have to go and be, you know, uh, have extra, well, let's put it this way, extra stress on troubleshooting and helping clients. Because I still see problems with 16 all the time and it just sucks. And sometimes I have to tell clients, well, that's just the way it is now. You don't get to have what you want anymore. And they're not happy. Okay, and then I had another client that, uh, interestingly, he had 16 also. It was last Friday. It was the end of the month. Perfect little job for a Friday afternoon. And his issue was his outlook kept just crashing, 2016. Now, I looked at all of his accounts. He had two IMAP. They both were under a gig, and they weren't synchronizing. Like, they didn't have uh, synchronizing issues. I did my optimizing. I did all my little fine-tuning I do. And I would sit there and watch it. And then I realized, well, let's move out some of the email just in case that was it. And plus it's good to manage the email anyway. So I moved out some of the, you know, extra sent items and some old inbox stuff to a local PST file. And then I was like, wait, it's crashing on me. So that wasn't it, right? So then I went out and I went to the interwebs and I, was like looking around to see what others were saying, see if there's any new issues out. I tend to look for current technical forms if I'm looking for help. And I thought maybe something's causing it recently, right? Well, I looked deep down into a Spiceworks forum and I found a guy that said he worked for Microsoft for hours on this issue. And he said that what's, what caused it was the profile was corrupted and it was also named not Outlook. So when you create a new profile in Outlook, it's called Outlook. But see, I sometimes name them Exchange or Office 365. But I did remember reading about this once before that that Outlook likes its profiles named Outlook for many reasons. So I went and looked at this client's profile and I noticed that it was not named Outlook. Well, like, well, let's go ahead and copy and make a new profile from the the in the control panel there. I copied this profile, just made a quick new one named it Outlook, and I thought, oh, awesome, it's not crashing. A few hours later, the client left me a note and said it crashed again when he went into Chrome, and I went, fudge. I just like it when things work that are simple, right? So then I had to think about it, and I just saw, luckily, right at the end, before I left the computer, Avast popped up. Now, Avast did not have an add-in, so I knew that wasn't it, but Avast is, is, can have problems. So I disabled it until reboot. And I left him a note and said, please let me know, because it was a Friday night and it was late. And I was like, just please let me know if this helps or if you have a crash again and be careful surfing the internet because your antivirus is turned off. I'll have to fill you in next show because I haven't heard back from him yet. And a lot of people don't work on the weekends like I do. But um, 
so that's three Outlook 2016 jobs. And um, there's going to be more. We're, it's never going to end here, folks. So if you are brick fix tech, get used to troubleshooting lots of little things. And here's the, the biggest tip is if you are in 2016 and you need to make a new profile, do not delete the old profile. And here's why. If you're setting up IMAP in 2016 or 13, most commonly, they are gonna just create IMAP accounts in their individual mailboxes in the folders in Outlook, right? Well, what people don't know is they start putting in calendar events and contacts and tasks and all that stuff, and all of that data is in a local OST file. It is not in a PST, which a PST is like a local file that gets um, in your backups and stuff. OSTs are generally not in backups, and OST files can be deleted really quickly. And, and if you don't have the data extracted, it goes away and it's removed. Excuse me, when you remove a profile, it deletes it. It deletes the OST file. Very dangerous. That's the only thing I don't like about 16 and 13. They, they both do that. And so when I remote into a client's computer and I see two IMAP or three accounts with no local PST, first thing I do is back that shit up. Back up the contacts, back up the calendar, because I'm like, some bad happens. I got it backed up and some bad can happen. And if it was going to, it'll probably happen when I'm helping them. So I just always start with that when I do my pre-spot check work. Always protect yourself, folks. Always protect yourself. But you know what? Some other jobs I did in the past uh, week here since my last show, I didn't you know, write down every single job. A lot of them are just little things, but I did um, help a client who had a messed up profile that happened from a Windows update. That's happening, and when people have a messed up Windows update, the Outlook tends to not uh, open. It'll give out a network error, cannot connect to the network. Just make a new profile. Do not delete the old one just in case, but just make a new one that usually does it. And speaking of messed up computers, this morning I myself woke up to a problem. Last night everything was working great, right? Wake up this morning, come in my office, and my Outlook icon is gone. And I go looking for it, it's gone. Now, in the heat of troubleshooting, I forgot to go look in the programs list to see if it was in there. But I was like, okay. And then I opened up my Word and I noticed all my recent items were back from last year. And none of my pin stuff is, that was recent as of last night was there. My Excel was all messed up. And I'm like, you know what? This is like the fifth time this has happened to me where I've came back from something or woke up the next morning and all my shit is back to last year and things are just gone. And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't know what's wrong. So, I mean, I could probably put some troubleshooting time into it and reinstall and da da da, but it's really just gone. Now, because I don't know how to fix it myself quickly, it took me a few minutes. I just did that. But this has happened now five times to my computer. I think at least five since I got this computer in 2015. And so it's about a year and a half. And a lot of people in my Facebook groups were like, well, maybe it's time to reload your computer. Maybe it's time to get a new profile. And I'm like, well, honestly, I'm kind of like the shoemaker's kids thing. I'm like, I'll just fix the problem now because I have a lot of software in this computer, a lot of settings. I don't want to redo it all when I can fix something in literally five to eight minutes. And I know I'm just bitching, but, but I'm seeing this. So if you're getting it too, uh, it's just something to take note of because you know what? I don't want to go through the effort of reinstalling all my stuff from scratch again and all that, but maybe that's what I have to do. 
Maybe I need to upgrade to 16. Who knows? Who knows? But um, anyway, last week I had another client with a, a OneDrive issue. I talked about it on the last show that this guy had a lot of OneDrive, Office 365, Outlook.com. We finally fixed his OneDrive by getting all the data into the right folders. And let me just tell you folks this, that if you're helping somebody and you go into their, um, I think it's called Office Accounts. Hold on one sec. And you go to file and go to office account that you can see that they're logged in with a user account. And then they have something called manage the account and look at their subscription. Many times that's two different things. Okay. A lot of people buy an office 365 account with one email account, and then they have an outlook.com account with something else. And it can be, uh, you know, hard to figure out and troubleshoot, but uh, I always take pretty good notes for these folks. All right, then I had another lovely client, which unfortunately um, for her, she had hired a company to migrate her to Office 365. And a lot of companies do this. They give a proposal, they say what they're gonna do, they migrate the mail. And unfortunately, they do what a lot of my other clients complain about, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> is they don't finish the job. And finishing the job, means finishing setting up the SharePoint correctly, all their other bells and whistles, give them some training. And uh, they just kind of, I think, fell short. So the client um, called me up and said, I have a list of things. And I said, make the list, let's get going. And in the first hour, I helped her. We covered so many things that she wasn't aware of with her office account and things that she couldn't do. You know, people think that if they use the online browser, that that's the way to do it. And I'm like, well, the online browser has a lot of limitations. Like you, it's really just kind of like what I would call the fluffy version. You really can't get down to the core of doing some of the work you need to do, like set permissions, open shared contacts, lots of little things. You know, it's kind of just for, I don't know, I wouldn't call it business centric thinking folks, you know? So I ended up setting up her Outlook on her computer because she was paying for it. And I showed her all the things she could do with it. And that made more sense. And then I showed her some other things with SharePoint and we've got a lot more work to do because this client wants to learn about planner bookings teams. And I'm like, well, that's cool stuff. That'll be the fun stuff to, to work on. Had another client this week that said, Oh my God, my link is gone. I said, yeah, you're lucky you got it this long. It's actually been, uh, they got rid of it and it's, um, which I'm assuming they've been letting people still use it. But I said, now it's Skype for business. And so I showed her how to go purchase that. And she's not even on Office 365. She just has it for her business clients. I was like, cool. All right. Then I had another client who, um, who last year didn't want to move to exchange, but they wanted to have a calendar sharing solution. So I set them up with outlook.com and because they both had iPhones, and they had uh, four computers with Outlook and Outlook.com, the calendar sharing context works pretty good with Outlook and iPhones. So they created a business shared account. Now, just because it's free doesn't mean it's cheap because it took us a couple hours to get it all configured, set up, data moved, testing, you know, all that. Well, what happened is back, I think in October, November, Microsoft upgraded their servers to an exchange, which I've talked about on my shows. And the exchange 
is a real Microsoft Exchange server, but it doesn't have all the Exchange components because you have to pay for that if you want it. But it's a good enough version, you know, it does enough. And what happened is since the client didn't use the email of the Outlook.com account, he didn't notice the uh, update that you had to do. So what happens is one day people's stuff stopped syncing because they actually got the email and said, it's now converted. You have to go to the new server. And all you really need to do is just remove it out of Outlook, re-add it again. It comes in as, a, as an Exchange account. The old ones, I believe, say Exchange Active Sync. So at least then you'll know the difference of the two. But I've had a few clients that have had some problems with this, and some of them are really big problems, so be really careful. Make sure you back up your stuff, okay, because that is the best way to... Um, to make sure that you have it just in case, because some people are syncing on their phones and their computers, they don't know if things are broken and they got things all over the place. Then I had another client, we actually migrated uh, him from iCloud to Exchange. Luckily here he had an Exchange account, but it still took me a couple hours to do the work. You know, you have to do all the, the migrating, the setup and the testing and um, then remove iCloud and, you know, it's a little bit of work, but that was a, a good job for him. I'm glad he's on Exchange. I had another migration and I actually booked out two other migrations last week, which is nice. I don't get migrations every day, but when I do get them, I enjoy doing them because I like seeing people move to the good stuff. Uh, let's see. Then I had another client that had, um, let's see, I'm looking at my notes here. Um, a client called and their searching wasn't working. Now searching is such a pain to fix. There can be so many things wrong with search, okay? Um, first of all, if you've just imported a, a batch of new emails, your search might get messed up. Your profile could be corrupt. Make sure your Windows search is working fine. But generally what I tell folks is go up to, hold on, go up to your Outlook, put your mouse in the search window, and then at the top, there's a little, um, Oh no, how come it's not doing it on mine now? Hold on, I'm trying to get it here for you folks. But anyway, it brings up a little a little bar for search, okay? And when the bar comes up for search, it says search tools, then you can go to indexing status, and it should say zero. Now, if it doesn't say zero, just leave your outlook open until it says zero. And that might be a day or two days, or depends on how many files it needs to index. But for this person, they've already done all the troubleshooting, they've already rebuilt the index, in the computer and I said well look let's just uh, it was a Google Apps thing I go let's try to give you a new Google Apps profile fixed it immediately it's a 15 minute fix and I love fast jobs like that and luckily she only had one other email account to set up and it wasn't a lot of drama uh, that's one thing I do like about the Google Apps sync tool it's kind of like exchange so you can just poof make a new one let everything download do a little fine-tuning things usually work good all right, and then I had another client that is has, um, we did a migration a few months ago. Two of the employees were on 2007 Outlook. Now I did do a test before the migration. I did set up an exchange account perfectly fine, which I was just 100, not 100% sure about. But once I saw it, I said it was okay. I told the two employees that you're fine for now, but then we came up across two snakes. One is that the sharing calendar permissions thing was not working. And we tried tons of things. So I told the clients they have to upgrade at this point, unfortunately. So 
That's just a tip for you on 2007. It's getting old. I'm actually calling it geriatric at this point. It's that old. It's like ready for the grave, okay? It's ready. And 2010 is slowly creeping there too, even though it's still a, a pretty decent outlook version, but it's getting old too. But I mean, if you get 2007 and you love it, you better make sure you have your discs available if you want to reinstall it because you can't really get it anywhere and it has a lot of limitations. Uh, let's see. Then I had another client that needed more aftercare from a migration. And really what I ended up doing for this client was talking to the CEO about his iPhone of all things. The iPhone wasn't working with them. And here's what happens with the iPhone is that by default, iCloud is set up always. And when you start adding in other email accounts and Gmail and exchange and outlook.com, you can have a big mess on that iPhone. Okay. So what I start doing with folks that, you know, I have to tell them, well, we have a choice. All your stuff is in iCloud and all of your personal contacts are in iCloud and mom, dad, sister, brother, all the little names that you have are all, you know, they're all in there that way. So we got to be careful that we're not going to lose all your personal contacts while we're trying to fix the iPhone. So basically this client did want to keep the iCloud and they did want to keep the exchange. So we ended up going through every account, turning off some of the contact options. I will let you know that it gives you an option to keep on iPhone or delete. And I always tell people, it's your choice. But if you delete them, they're gone. So the other choice is to keep them and then you might have duplicates. <laughs> and no one likes duplicates, but at least you have them and you can manually clean that up later. So uh, eventually after about 45 minutes, we got the iPhone perfectly set up. He knew how to do things and uh, was in, it was uh, using the built-in. Now remember, a lot of people these days want that app and the app is completely different than the built-in. It has its own like little life in there, okay? I use the built-in, most of my clients use the built-in, but sometimes if people want the app, that's really easy to set up. You just put in the name and the password and I think that's it and it has its own little thing in there, but it's never gonna sync up the contacts with your contacts in your phone. At least I don't think so. Okay, so then let's see, had another client with a Google Apps issue. She was sharing contacts with her Google Apps and the easiest fix for that was download another copy of the Google App Sync tool and that fixed it. And uh, they did some testing and I mean, I hate to say that's the fix, but that was the fix. Sometimes they just go bad. Then I had a lovely client that just called and wanted me to back up three computers for her. Um, not back up, but show her how to back up. And I thought this was just a sweet thing. They have a little tiny company with a little tiny server and they have a share and each person on each computer Excuse me, I set up Outlook Backup, and then I made a shortcut to the network share. So all the client had to do was three things. Close Outlook, go grab a copy of the PST file, go paste it in the share button. And that made her happy as a clam. And that I was like, I'm happy for her because that's how they want to do it. You know, they didn't have a lot going on, no complicated Outlook setups, and that was going to work for them. Whew. And then I think I'm just going to close with that my, one of the migrations I did on Friday, I, I had to laugh, I gave the client a little crap about it, but this is more common than not. People are using six technologies with their, for their email. Um, PC, Mac, 
iCloud, iPhone, Google Calendar. He had something else too in there. I don't remember what it was, but at the end I was like, and you found a sixth one. So a lot of people are doing this. They've got six technologies that all need to talk. And I'm gonna tell you folks that Exchange is the best to do all six on. Get rid of that Google Calendar. That ain't gonna do you any favors if you, unless you wanna keep going to that browser and looking at that calendar. If you want it on your Mac, you want it on your PC, you want, oh, I think he had an iPad too. That might've been it. Um, and uh, you want everything to sync. The exchange is the answer for syncing the context calendar and the mail. Uh, there's no third party app I know outside of that that does all of those. I just don't. All right, gang. Well, I'm going to cut the show short here this week. Um, please remember to thank our friends at AppRiver. If you are a technician looking to do some migrations for your clients and get into their partner plan, which is what I'm on, you can uh, become a partner. Remember, I've told you in the past shows that now they've changed it to a 10 person minimum. If you're a friend of Call That Girl and make sure you mention it, they'll let you do just one migration with one mailbox. Otherwise, you, um, you might. Uh, not get into the program. They also have reseller programs as well. So if you want to manage it for the clients and do your own billing, you can do that. You can contact my rep, Steve Harris, sharris at appriver.com and get in touch with them. And remember, you can always check out my eBooks. I'll put a link in the show notes. I also have my Outlook troubleshooting videos for technicians, which uh, are four hours, seven courses, and they're really great to learn the back end of Outlook and the insides and the guts and the nuts and bolts and everything else you need. I also have tech tickets available. So if you're a technician and you come across some issues, you can um, get me to help you on the back end. And I just work with you mostly and help teach you the issues. And if you're a tech who manages an MSP or has uh, your job as the IT person at a big company, I'm working with my friend up in uh, Seattle, and him and I are doing assisted migrations, which is more like large scale. He's an exchange expert and he knows what he's doing. And I'll do kind of a help with the management and the aftercare. So folks, I think that is it here this week. Um, I'm pretty excited in a half hour here. I have my YouTube consultation. I hired a company off the internet to work with me for an hour to teach me a little bit more about YouTube. And I, I'm really excited about it because I've been getting into it. I really enjoy it. So that's it. I'm going to close up the show. If you have any questions or want to be a guest on the show, you can email me, Lisa, at callthatgirl.biz. This has been a Heyman Hendrickson production. And thank you to Mitch Heyman for producing. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.